1: Yeah, yeah. My favorite, it's Judd's hockey show.
2: These guys. I, I, I like our group. Like I've said all along, I'm, I'm confident in
1: them. Uh, they're, they're all super excited to get this season going. And uh, yeah, I, I, I like this group a lot. Welcome into Judd's Hockey Show. They're excited, Bill Garrett. How about Judd and Declan? Hockey <laughs> season arrived with uh, two games last night. The Wild will open on Friday against the Ducks in Anaheim. And then Saturday, travel uh, bus to go play the Los Angeles Kings. I believe the home opener, if I'm not mistaken, is next, what, Tuesday night, Dex? Yeah. But, uh, yes, we are, the Wild season is finally here. And that means Wild predictions. That means some uh, thoughts of opening night mm-hmm. and of course the first two games were shown by espn including the seattle kraken and i want to get to their coverage eventually here dex but i think we start i think we start by doing exactly what we did last year yeah and, pro- and probably keeping better track because i don't know that i kept great track of this but um okay. previewing the wild season by making our i'm sure what would be considered to be incredibly bold predictions how does that sound?
2: I like this. I love this. We did this last year. Um, let's see. I believe I was correct about Joel Eric's neck breaking out offensively. So we'll, we'll see what happens this
1: year. All right. So let's start <laughs> with this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, don't yeah think great. I, I don't think I saved my predictions, which right. I need to. Like, I've got them. I've got them right. Uh, in fact, I think I put them on a legal pad last year. That's a big mistake. Uh, big mistake, John. You can't write them down because then you throw – the legal pad away yep. and you're like i don't need these notes and you're come like on, oh the, the, there go my wild predictions come on so i've got them on my gmail this year so it, if i'm right i'll bring them up if i'm wrong i can't escape them you got it all right wild season preview time uh, dex we'll start with you in each case and then okay. i will go after you okay all right let's start with some individual stuff here yeah who is going to be the leader in points after we play 82 games, who will lead the Wild in points? So, I'm gonna I'm not gonna go out of left field because I think
2: this guy will rack up plenty of assists. But I'm gonna go with Matt Zuccarello. Hmm? I'm actually gonna say Matt Zuccarello. Um, this was a guy who finally last year became the player that we saw with the New York Rangers for a very very long time. Um, he had an up and down uh, first season with Minnesota. And I just think with playing with Kirill Kaprizov over 82 games this year. I mean, this was, I mean, what, I believe he played with Drider, Chris Dreider a lot in New York. I mean, he racked up a ton of points with him as well. I think Kirill Kaprizov is going to benefit from Matt Zuccarello, but Zuc's going to be setting him up a ton. Now, Matts doesn't shoot a lot. I wish he would shoot more, but he doesn't shoot a lot. And his job is facilitating. So I, I, I can't really get too upset about him. He has shot about a half time less than he did when he was in New York. So he did average a little over two shots per game. In his wild tenure, he's about one and a half. But I just think with his playmaking ability, setting up Kirill Kaprizov for an 82 game season, which we haven't accomplished in the NHL in the last three years or last three seasons, basically, um, I think Matt Zuccarello is going to be my guy who leads
1: the team in points this year. What do you got? And and points points. Can, can you points. Can you pin, no but no but you want me to pinpoint, pinpoint a, number? a number for me because I have pinpointed a number. Oh okay, all
2: right. Uh, I will How say. Many points do you think yep, Matt will have 67? Oh wow. I think he's going to have a okay. boatload of assists, dude. I, I don't know if he like, if he can get to 20 goals, great. I think he's going to have okay. a boatload of assists of so 67.
1: I am shoot I, I am shooting much higher than you, my good friend. And not surprisingly, I'm going with Kirill Kaprizov, yep. who is who is a goal scorer, but oh, Eureka, a facilitator too. Mm-hmm. And I expect this top line of of as you said, Zuccarello, Eriksson Ek, And Kaprizov to really click. So I am going to say Kirill Kaprizov, who I think is going to merge um, into, through the course of an entire season, one of the top, what, 10 players in this entire league. I think he's going to be, but I think he's going to solidify himself now. Like, he's not a rookie. He's not going to surprise teams. And I am going with the hot, the, the the huge number. The, mm-hmm. I'm going with 101 points for Kirill Kaprizov. I think he has 101 points. I think when you finally got your star, you finally got the guy who, where you look at the top of the, you pick up your morning paper, you pick up your morning paper, and you think to yourself, "I'm going to go to the stats in my morning paper and check it out." You know, you see McDavid, Matthews, Crosby, Drysidle, right? McKinnon, I think Kaprizov gets into that rare air of oh my goodness, Kirill Kaprizov's in the leaders in my morning paper in points, and I'm going to say he gets 101 points. Wow, which is dude, 101 points for Kirill Kaprizov. 101, 101 points. I was looking up some past wow. statistics. I think we need to. I think we need to reframe and see this differently. And I think if he can, can of course, health provided. If he can remain on the ice for 80 games or so, I think he gets between his ability to set up guys, between his ability to score, and between, and here's the, so here's the hidden thing, or it's not hidden. Here's the thing I don't think we're discussing enough. Declan, that first power play unit should score a ton. Like, it should yes. score a ton. And yeah. I think Kaprizov actually is going to score, but I also think that he, he's going to set goals up as well. So yeah. I think the Wild should have, will have, with that first PP unit, a very, very lethal a group of five there. And Kuro Kaprizov, is the star of that group as well 101 points for Karel.
2: wowzer um just for reference so last year Kirill kaprizov in the 55 games had 51 points you map that out over 82 that would be 76 points so that would be 76 points over an 82 game season if you if you took Kirill kaprizov's numbers through 56 games and prorated it to 82 so you're saying even 25 more points for krill yes. he takes even I'm a saying... bigger step forward
1: I'm wow. saying I'm saying he had a really, really great start mm-hmm. at least until the playoffs. Well, that great start now, okay He's more comfortable. he gets to play an entire year here. I, I think he's a star. I just I, I really I do. like I think he is the type of guy that we as people who follow the league aren't used to seeing in in the wild sweater. And so my expectations aren't, well, he's going to be the, you know, he's going to be a really good wild player. My expectations are he's a top player or will turn into one in the entire league.
2: I agree. So, okay.
1: All right. Leader in goals for the Minnesota wild.
2: Uh, easy one for me. I'm going to go with Kirill Kaprizov. Uh, I'm going to set it at 39. I'm going to set it at 39 um, right now, sports books, FanDuel has him at 35 and a half for the upcoming season, which is a good amount. I mean, what, what, how many wild players have gone to the season with projections of 35 and a half goals for an over-under in the last five, six years? I, I can answer you. No one. Um, I was going to say. Nobody. No. Nobody. I think he no. hits the over. Um, you know, he's he's got, now that he's had, had his first season in, the book's out on him a little bit. Um, I think 102 points, although I love the optimism. Cause you, cause that, 101. 101 Don't points. Give you 102. 101, 101 points. I love the optimism. I, I think the book gets figured out a little bit uh, on him, and I still think he has a very productive year. If all things go, go according to plan, he should get heart Trophy votes this year, Judd. There's no reason why he shouldn't. Uh, but I'm going to go with 39
1: goals for Kirill Kaprizov. I'm very close to you. 42 goals. Okay. Um. So So, I mean, I have him on a huge year, but I don't see why not like I don't now now the playoffs are different. The playoffs there's less room and space and it, we certainly saw that in the first round against the Golden Knights last year, right? Where the playoffs change things cuz teams are focused on stopping you every night. But it, during the course of the season in this league, it's hard to stop guys like this. That's like true. like you like you can be like we're going to shut down Ovechkin. But you're going to play him for three periods and he's probably going to score a goal or two. Uh so so I think what you're saying about the book being out on Kaprizov is probably very true potentially when we get to the playoffs again because then it's it's essentially we are going to be prepared to play seven games against this guy and wear him down as much as possible. But in this league where you're playing all the time and the teams change and things, so, yeah, I'm very close to you. I say 42 goals for Kirill Kaprizov. You say 39. I know you hate this, but I wanted to do it because the kids love it. Kids love it. They got a name for it. Who leads the wild in pims? And for you old people out there, that's penalty minutes.
2: Yeah, well, Who's I I, I think leader? the old people love it. I don't know if the kids really. Care. I, think it's, I, think I think the kids it the I, I, think I think they call them pims. I, I, I think, think the kids call them Pimm's, man. I think you got the the wrong wrong guy there. Uh, you know, for me, I I think it's it's probably pretty natural because this dude just drops the gloves a ton. I think Marcus Felino leads this team in pims. I think it's, that that one's just pretty obvious, and not because he takes a lot of penalties, but because he gets in fights and he gets in scraps and he gets the five minute majors and sometimes misconducts and that just easily racks up penalty minutes. For me, it's Marcus Foligno. I thought it'd be, I, I, I thought yeah. I, my gut told me, oh, why don't we just go with Kulikov, right? Like a, a third pairing defenseman who uh, was a Russian and I'm sure he's got a mean streak. Kulikov, the most penalty minutes he's ever had in a season is 66. And that was eight, nine years ago when he was 23 years old. Um. Yeah. So I I originally I thought maybe Kulikov like a bottom six guy. I don't think Jordy Ben could play enough for for him to be the leader in penalty minutes. I can see him taking a bunch of penalty minutes. I looked that
1: up too. Yeah. Um.
2: But I, I think right. Foligno is probably the safest option. I'll, I'll go with Marcus Felino.
1: Yeah, and he he's got the A now, right? So mm-hmm. like like he he works hard every night, but now he's probably going to come to the defensive guys more if that is possible. I agree. I think it is Marcus Felino as well. All right, more exciting topic. End of the year. Who ends up being rookie of the year on this team?
2: So he still technically qualifies. Uh, so I'm actually going to go with Capo Kakinen. Oh, he still qualifies for rookie of the year this year.
1: Now, you watching, I'll give you a little bit of a visual. little Capo, a little of trading card there. Cap- Look at that. Oh, yeah, uh huh. So these cards are hard to find, by the way.
2: Capo mm-hmm. had a really weird year last season. He had a stretch where he literally was the best goalie in the NHL. And then he had another stretch where he looked like the worst goalie in the league. Preseason hasn't been too kind to him either. Um, no, he's, but... he's, he's young. He's 25. Um, Cam Talbot's the the one here. You know, At one point last year, Judd, we were debating who's 1A and who's 1B. You and I are flip-flopping through the first half of yeah. last season of who is 1A Ooh. and who's 1B. We didn't know yet because both of them had stretches of dominant play. Both of them had stretches of poor play. Um, I think Capo comes in here, and Talbot. I'm I'm just curious on. I think the Talbot we got is the ceiling and the highest expectation we can expect from Cam Talbot. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think there is a next level to his game. I don't mm-hmm. think there's a level that what we saw like what we saw last year is who Cam Talbot is. He stabilizes things. He's a nice goalie. You got four good defensemen still in fr- top, a good top four defensemen in front of him. It should make life easier for him, and and that's what Talbot delivered. The, the Wild needed average goaltending last year after being disastrous a year and a half before. That's what the Wild got. They got solid, average, decent goaltending. Um, Solid's a good word. But I, I think Capo gets an extended look, and I think Capo Kakinen gets gets the Rookie of the Year. the 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 issue is, like I would love to say, you know, and I'm I'm sure I'll hear from you in just a second here, but like Boldy and Rossi and Beckman. I I would love for them to come up here and just light it on fire and they're forward. So they're naturally going to be more sexier players to pick. I just don't know yet how many games and how many, how big of a way they factor in yet. So to me, it just, it hinders my prediction of one of them being rookie of the year. Um, But for me, I'm just going to go with Kapo Cock, And I think he has a bounce back season and and looks a lot better.
1: So I I believe that the prognostication is boldy with that fractured ankle out four to six weeks. So he's actually, going to be back you know fairly soon as far as the season's concerned but he's clearly now is going to be sent down and uh, start the season in Des Moines um here's my prediction okay rookie of the year I think it's Marco Rossi and here's why Marco Rossi is going I love the fact that he's not here right now because he's he's going to go down to Iowa he's going to play my guess is first line my guess is he plays a ton. He's a special talent. Like, he's got special skills. Um, And the thing that I love, at least if the exhibition games were any indication, Declan Goff, works his ass off. He goes to the net. He crashes the boards. I hope he doesn't get hurt, but I also like the fact that he works hard and and he's got a skill set that you can't teach. I think he goes and plays and starts the, the season in Iowa. I think he plays well, and I think he continues to improve here's a wild card and you're more down on this guy than I am. And I liked what I saw in exhibition games, but I, but I agree with you that he is who he is. Frederick Goudreau, Frederick Goudreau, mm-hmm. I think is a third or fourth line guy. And I think he deserves a job. And, and I like the fact, he's not going to be the same guy that Benino was in the room. Cause I thought that Ian Cole and Benino in the room last season did a great job. But Benino on the ice was meh, right? Like, he started, he was going to be, I think, a top, what, a second line or third line center. And then he really couldn't do that. And so he became a fourth line wing. Like, as far as what he brought on the ice, it was a very professional performance. But it didn't give you a lot. I think Frederick Goudreau, who the Wild got from the, what, Predators through Pittsburgh? Mm -hmm. Or Pittsburgh through, he's been around. And Dino knows him well. And I do think that he, uh, he definitely, Goudreau, has a role on this team, but I don't think it's playing ultimately with your guy, Kevin Fiala. Uh, Marco Rossi and Fiala would be really intriguing to watch. And, I think, and I, think, uh, I think Billy and Dean are going to get at least, uh, man, if we did this, right? Like if we had, if we had a guy with the skill set and the talent of Marco Rossi playing on a line with a guy who might have a lot of faults, but at the end of the day, he can score goals. is a serviceable workmanlike player. Rossi's a special player. And so I think once Rossi gets his skates wet and gets some playing time and and probably has success in the American Hockey League, he gets promoted. And I think once he's promoted, he strikes me as the type of guy who sticks here. And that, and that allows Goudreau now to go down to, let's say, fourth line. Which is fine. Nothing wrong with that, right? So I think Marco Rossi ultimately comes up here at some point, gets put on a line with Fiala, and we're all like, now that's what we're talking about when it comes to a guy feeding the puck to Declan's A number one dude, Kevin Fiala.
2: I love that. And you know what? It dovetails perfect into my most improved player. Because to me, I think the most improved player for the Wild this year is going to be Kevin Fiala. Now, you could say, well, like, don't you know who Kevin Fiala is? He's an offensive juggernaut. He can be a quote-unquote game-breaker. Um, I'm going to say most improved, though, because I think he is going to come in here much more well-rounded. He's going to be on the playing on the penalty kill. And if it's not now, then also when? Like, When, when is Kevin Fiala going to then round out the defensive part of his game? Um, this is a guy who comes in with a ton of fire and a ton of passion, and he's pissed off with how this offseason went, and I don't blame him. So playing with Frederick Goudreau to start, yeah, I agree. I don't think that's the best thing to serve his skill set. I would love for him to have Marco Rossi maybe even one day or at some point in this season, Boldy, Rossi, Fiala all on the same line. Maybe we open up a playoff series with that as a line. Boldy, Rossi, Rossi, Fiala, Fiala and, it, and And that is all I would love to see. But I think, Kevin, if, if you're not going to take the next step forward, when is it? And I think... This is the perfect situation for him. He's going to come in with a ton of fire under his belly. We know he can score goals. This guy will score 30 goals. I had I that and write that down as well. He's going to be a great offensive player. But yep. they want him to round out that portion of his game, and I think that happens this year. So I, I know that might come as a little bit of a surprise, but my most improved player for this upcoming season is going to be Kevin Fiala.
1: Makes perfect sense. And, and that's what's either going to um, get him the big contract or a good contract, right? And it's, because yeah. if he turns that corner that you're talking about now, and he's responsible defensively, he he scores goals naturally. But like, if he puts, if it all clicks, he's not Kaprizov, but he's being paid really, really good. And and if it doesn't all click, I think he's being paid good. I don't know it's really, really good. All right, I'm going to go with a player that's going to surprise you as much as that one surprised me. Because this is not a guy that needs to improve. He's coming off what was a really solid year. Uh, what nineteen goals, thirty points in the pandemic-shortened fifty-six games. But I think the most improved player, Yule Eriksson eck and okay. here's why. Right. I think he's going to score a ton of goals. Um, he go so so he is a, on the line of Eriksson eck Caprizov, <laughs> Zuccarello. He is the one guy um, that goes to the net and does the dirty work, which you've talked about before, but the dirty work is going, do you know how many opportunities now that presents? Like, Felino Greenway, Erickson Eck was you know, it was great. I mean, they worked their asses off but it really was not a, a thing of beauty to watch, right? Like, yeah. it was a lot of guys who worked hard and there were scoring opportunities and they scored goals, but I felt like they scored goals of opportunity from like transition and, and their own hard work. Think about it this way now. Eric Sinek, who I believe was going to continue to just work hard uh, and, and has skill, but he works hard, is now with two guys with really high skill. And that's going to present and, and both and those guys are going to present him with opportunities. Uh, and I think he's going to be the benefactor of the greasy goals. Yes. And and when we're talking about that line, think about the greasy goals. Like it's not going to be like, oh, I only got uh two this year. We're talking about a ton of opportunities. Uh, born from two guys uh, Kaprizov can score goals And make plays And to your point, to start the show Zuccarello can make a ton of plays And so I think Eriksson Ek I would not be surprised if he scores 25 to 30 goals Just, ba- Just basically From what you said, which is working his butt off and being in the right place at the right time.
2: Yeah, it, it, we kind of undersell that top line because we know Kirill Kaprizov is a special player and we know that Matt Zuccarello, when he's on, is is a phenomenal playmaker in his entire career. But then you forget about the guy in the middle because this isn't Ryan Hartman in the middle, who I also believe is a nice player, but Joel eriksson Ek is a better player and has more yes. skill than Ryan Hartman yes. does. Um, so I, I think... Eck, yes, we'll get rewarded with a ton of big goals there. And last year was a step forward. I mean, a lot, I think it was safe to say that going into the last season that, man, we really messed up. Brock Besser was the right pick. Brock Besser was the right pick. We now, it's, it's solidified. That conversation, that gap has been closed. And you, you could make a case. I, Brock Besser is, is a more special and more naturally offensively gifted player than Eck is. That, that is no question. But you can make a case that, well, because of his position, Joel and Eck, might have actually now gone above Besser. You know, like, you can make the case for both of them yep. now because of, of X, X uh, improvement season last year. If he takes even a bigger step forward this next season, well, then that conversation is completely different.
1: Yeah, the the two things that especially struck me in watching the the third preseason game between the Hawks and Wild a week ago, I believe it was Thursday Dex? Mm-hmm. Stella, what's Stella? She's, very, she's, got, she's She's very got thoughts on it. She's got season. thoughts on it. Well, she's no, she's big on, on ESPN being back now oh, okay. and TNT, yep. and she's you know she's betting games. I told oh, her don't God. bet, don't bet your your dollar in, in your pocket. Bad idea. Yep. Yeah, exactly right. But you know what, Declan, ultimately kids don't listen. Um, so the two things that struck me that like stood out to me were one that first line is really good, and, and they finally Hartman is exactly where he belongs now. Like, I, I love that line. It, it, that line of Folino, Greenway, Hartman, grind line. Great, right? But I think the reason why, why Bill Guerin sort of corrected you a little bit on your observation, which I agreed with, which is Eric Sinek works hard. He's not flashy, but he scores, you know, he scores goals and works his ass off. And I think Gary corrected you because in watching that game, I'm like, hold on a second here. There's more skill here. Like, it's masked, as if this makes sense, it's masked as hard work, but it's actually some skill, too. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what we're going to see. And the second thing that really stood out to me is there is no excuse why that first power play doesn't score a ton. You should watch him move the puck. It's so I'm much I'm excited, fun. man. I'm excited. I mean, you, yeah, it's great to see. All right, so most improved player for me, Eric Zanek. Most improved player for you, Kevin Fiala. Who is... Not to bring this oh, down, but just a little boy. bit, folks. Just a little bit. If you don't uh, like the negativity, we'll, we'll, be okay. we'll be done with this quick. We'll be done with this quick. Who is your most disappointing player when it's all said and done? I,
2: I might be cutting open a vein here. Um, Go ahead. Go ahead. And I want to preface this that when I mean most disappointing, I also really, really mean most likely to regress. So regression. That's
1: fair. Yeah.
2: Marcus Foligno. Marcus Felino is going to be the player that regresses the most from last season. And I, I, I don't right. even know you anymore. I know.
1: I don't even know. I don't even I know, know. And you
2: there's anymore. probably a lot of fans who are really We're upset that I'm going. With you. I'm sorry. I'm very, my very, very sorry. Who's my new co-host? Here's the thing with Felino, because I think he is, he is a very good defensive player. And last year we saw him kind of burst out offensively and burst out into a bigger role. Um, he scored 11 goals, 15 six assists, 26 points in 39 games. If you map that out over 82, that's a 55-point season for Marcus Felino. Okay. And on one hand, you can say, well, yeah, we all saw it. He was productive. He scored goals. That's great. But in his entire career, Marcus Foligno has never had more than 23 points in a season. And the number one reason that regression is coming to Marcus Felino like yep. a ton of bricks, 27% yep. shooting percentage last year. 27% Percent that is unsustainable for not just Marcus Foligno for any player in the NHL. He barely shot the puck. He got rewarded with garbage goals and greasy goals. I don't think Marcus Foligno is going to be a detriment to the team next year. I don't. And I want. I want that also prefaced. But I think we have because of his character and because of uh, of of his of his role outside the room and everything he also brings on the ice that we now have this heightened expectation that what we saw last year offensively is the new normal for Marcus Foligno. I would sure. be willing to bet he scored 11 goals last year. He scored 11 goals in 59 games in the other shortened pandemic season. I would bet in 82 games, Marcus Foligno doesn't score more than 11 goals again. I like what Foligno brings. He he is going to be a shutdown checking blind player. I like that, but I think wild fans should have a little bit of tepid expectations that he has a lot of unsustainable numbers for a player who isn't that kind of player. So that's my biggest disappointment. And I'm sorry if I've, uh, now you want a new co-host, but that, that's where I'm at with Marcus Foligno.
1: And that will not, what you, what you just said is probably spot on. And it won't disappoint me one bit. Because Marcus Foligno benefited last year by playing on a line with Eck, who again is more skilled than it looks like. And that line started to score. The expectation of that line, the only guy that I expect to to get points or at least work hard every night, and I'm a little bit concerned, is Greenway. Felino and Hartman are gonna work their ass off. Ryan Hartman is not the player to your point before that Eck is, right? So I think you're probably spot on, but I don't care. Marcus <laughs> Felino is no. no Marcus Felino is never a guy that I get the stat sheet and And I'm like, okay, what are the stats? What are the goals? The Mm -hmm. assists, the points. I never do. Mm -hmm. So so you might be right. You probably are. And I say this with all due respect to the team and Flano himself. I don't care. Like, because he shows up every night. And that's what I love. And that's what I felt like the first year he didn't do. I, I don't know. It's sort of weird what type of switch got flipped here, right? His first year was so disappointing, and I didn't see this. I saw it sometimes flashes. um, But, yeah, with the line that he – I think the line that he's on now should basically do what the Wild expected his line would do last year, and it overachieved by a ton because they wouldn't move Erickson Eck and he was really good. So I'm with you, and I don't care. Okay. Okay. Do you care? Like, I just don't care because I don't expect him to score. And in, right. in, if that's a shutdown line, that's what I want them to be.
2: I 100% hear that. And, that, and that's what I expect, too. I have those expect those exact same expectations. Right. I just I just want fans to realize that the offensive numbers you saw, gotcha. box score-wise, box score-wise, gotcha. not even yeah. just eye test-wise, box score-wise, aren't numbers that Marcus Foligno can keep up. There There's just... Next to sure. no chance, because I'll be a non-zero sure. guy here, next to no chance that he is that kind of player who puts up 55 points. I will gladly eat Crow if he eats 55, If he gets to 55 points by April, and All I right. will come on this show, which I always do, and admit that I was wrong. But I, I do think Marcus Foligno ends up being a player who does disappoint offensively, but isn't a dragging-down player and, and falls back to the player he was when he was first-year.
1: Gotcha. Most disappointing player for me in the 2021-22 campaign? um and this one's tough because there's a lot of guys that could slide backwards there's lots of guys I don't know like like we still don't know a ton about some players but I'm gonna go with a guy who whose role I really don't know and he had a really good first year and I liked him and we spent the entire season it feels like saying are you gonna give him a look like on the third line or second line and they didn't and they didn't and they didn't and I don't know what his role is going to be if Rossi gets called up Goudreau is going to stick he's just he yeah. he's going to be um, demoted line-wise. Mm-hmm. So the guy I'm going to go with is Nico Sturm, um, who I like a lot. Yeah, But I don't know what they – I can't tell what they think of, of him. He's still a fourth-line guy. So, so, like, he didn't come to camp with a new opportunity, right? Like, he didn't come in and they're like, you are now our second-line – you know, you're competing for the second-line job. Um, much like with Fiala, there's clearly a disconnect sometimes between what we – in the media and what the fans and what the team thinks. And it, there's some sort of, I don't, I don't mean to make, make this sound like a conspiracy theory, but Dex, it feels like there's some sort of distrust about his entire game, right? Like he can score points and he can make plays, but they're definitely, there's definitely something that makes them feel that he remains a fourth line guy. And so if he's a fourth line guy, you're basically the first guy in line if a person gets called up or a trade is made uh, to be a press box guy or in Iowa or moved a wing. So I don't even know if it's through a fault of his own, but because I don't know what to make of him and what the team thinks of him, I'm going with Nico Sturm. um, Because I, I think this show thinks more of his abilities than the people who make decisions think of his abilities if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, no, it makes sense. Unfortunately, this isn't a perfect comparison, but it's kind of like Ryan Donato, where there's a skill set here, and I want to see him get an extended look, but he's also log jammed, and and at the end of the day, as much as we love to play armchair GM and and make line combinations that we think are the best, Billy and Dean know know way more than we'll ever know, Um, and it just seems like he's kind of buried in that. He's just kind of buried. I agree. I would like to get him an extended look, uh, we, you and I have kind of praised it, sung his praises maybe even more than most other people have, and maybe even players in that or uh, people in that organization. But yeah, I, I can see him just kind of being stuck in that role. And again, if he's stuck in that role, I don't think that's necessarily a disappointing player. It's just, it's a disappointment because we would like to see him at least get a right. shot at an elevation role.
1: Right. right. And, and they definitely, I, I think you're exactly right. They, they definitely think this guy's ceiling is this and, we are like, Hey, why not explore it more? And they're like, Mm -hmm. no, this guy. So, all right. uh, Let's go to some team stuff. Now, how many points will the the team have? And I'm not going to, uh, and the next question is going to be your prediction for the central division standing. So let's just start off with how many points do you think the Minnesota wild will have this season?
2: 96, 96 points is where I'm at. Um, I, I, A hundred seems awfully lofty. (laughs) Um, I think if everything goes according to plan, you don't have major injuries. Kaprizov is who he is. Fiala takes the next step and you get that average goaltending still that we were talking about. It'd be about a 94 to 96 point team. But on the record, I have met 96. That's where I'm at.
1: 95. I think you're exactly right. Okay. Yep. Yep. I think they're very good and, and I don't think they're probably great. Um, The abs are going to be incredibly tough. Their division is tough. The Pacific is awful. Oh, it's terrible. The Pacific is going to be terrible. <laughs> the Central is tough, but yep. So you say 96 points. I say 95 points. All right, now give me your All final right, Central Division standings.
2: All right, top top two I think shouldn't come as a surprise. Colorado's number one. I have Minnesota, too. Um, most projections, including Dom uh, from The Athletic, who I'm just going to call him Dom, Dom Luz, because cause he has the most impossible last name, and it's a whole bit as it is. Uh, has the Wild at finishing second place in the division? A lot of analytics have them at second. It is yep. it, it's going to be cutthroat between about the second and the fourth place team. You could make a case no matter what order we give these in that any of these teams could finish in I a agree. combination of four, three, and two. And um, they're all playoff
1: teams, yeah, because the Pacific the, stinks.
2: The Central is going to have a, a boat, is going to have a majority of them. So yep. for me, I go Colorado, Minnesota, okay, third place team might be a little bit of a surprise but I think they just had a hell of an offseason and I think they're gonna be better Chicago I think the Blackhawks no. are going to finish in third place in this division um, expectations they, they look Tays and Kane are still good players maybe they're not who they once were but they're still very very good players Kirby Doc is, is turning into an absolute stud for them I love his game and then Seth Jones coming in to, to help their defense Marc-Andre Fleury, flower the flower, goal. will stabilize things to them after having kind of an up-and-down season at goaltending last year. Maybe maybe, yep. I'm, maybe I'm too all-in on off-season moves, and this is a habit that a lot of uh, uh, executives and, and other talking heads fall into of who made the sexiest moves in the off-season. You yeah. can make a case, Seth Jones, Marc-Andre Fleury. It's the, the Chicago Blackhawks. Like it it, it, it makes a lot of sense to be all-in on them, but I do think they've improved. Um, so I, I have Chicago finishing in third place in this division. After that, I go Winnipeg. I think the jets are, are still a, a pretty damn good team. I like them offensively. Connor Hellebuck had, had a hell of a year last year, obviously too. They're still pretty good after that
1: improved again. Now. Yeah,
2: they should be good. After that, I go Dallas. I like the stars and the, I just can't figure it out. I could see the stars finishing in third place. I can see the stars finishing in sixth place. I just, yep. I, I don't know who they are. Um, yeah. I, I think the Wild are a better rounded team, but they have sleeping giant potential in them. I just yeah. don't know if that giant is there. I just don't know yeah. if that drag, if that dragon's going to come out, if you will. So I had the Stars finishing in, uh, in, in fifth place, and then St. Louis, Nashville, Arizona round out my stuff. Uh, round out my division. Uh, I think Arizona and Nashville are far and away the two worst teams in this league. I put the Blues just kind of as default um, above Nashville, so my central division standings: I go Colorado, Minnesota, Chicago, Winnipeg, Dallas, St. Louis, Nashville, and then Arizona, who who is are also just a mess. So that's my central division standings.
1: Okay, so I'm with you completely. The Based. Abs are the Abs are <laughs> the best team. Okay. the Abs win it. Yep. Now, now here's my only question, though. I do have a question here. I do have a question. Thinking where you're going, Philip Grubauer, who, yep. who is now with the Kraken, had a spectacular season with the abs. And you gotta have goaltending. Um Darcy Kemper found himself and and is in Colorado now, Declan Goff, because of how he played with the Coyotes, where there is no pressure. Like there's internal pressure from the team, but the fans don't give a damn. The expectations are zero, right? Like that is a goaltender's paradise as, as far as not getting in your own head. Colorado is as different as it can be. Expectations, huge. You know, you look in front of you and there's Rantanen and McKinnon and Landis and, and McCarr and just, you know, but I mean, guys who are like, we got to win a cup. We got to win a cup. We haven't gotten close enough. We got to win a cup. And you're putting all your eggs in the Kemper basket, who, by the way, melts down against the Minnesota wild, like, like the wild, because they gave up on, on him, get in his head. Yeah. Uh, this is a very this is very this is dangerous to me and i think it's more of a concern in the playoffs yeah. like i could see him imploding um but i'm also just curious to see like opening night on how he takes that stress because ain't with the coyotes now the desert's long gone mm-hmm. dude you are you're with a team that is a favorite of a lot of people to win the Stanley cup
2: Two things off Camper quick before you give the rest of my standings. Number one, he's clearly a better goaltender than he was when he was in Minnesota. That's obvious. He's turned into a, a, a good goaltender. But yeah. Darcy is the quintessential head case goaltender, is right. he not? Is he not? Well, like if he wants, if, if, if he he's wants to be, good. if he wants to be, he could be a Vesna candidate goalie. But he gets in yes. his damn head, and he ha- and he can melt down.
1: The Wild chirped him. The Wild chirped him <laughs> in, in that game, like. Yeah three years back it was zucker and Koivu and somebody else. they chirped him and he like went off and, mm-hmm. and he played terrible that game yeah yes yes That's so true. i mean how can you how can you entrust a stanley cup run a stanley cup team like you have every other piece and your golden got worse so anyway but i'm still go i, I think if the kepper thing becomes a real problem it's going to come in the spring not now okay. so i go abs first okay you brought this up, and I, I agree completely, but I'm going to say that they bounced back after a very tough year filled with with hardships last year, because I think that this team is good. I'm going to go Dallas Stars second. Okay. I'm going to go Dallas Stars second. Goaltending addressed again. Um, Suter in the right role is good if he understands that role. Now that's all up for debate. But Sagan and Ben, like, they've still got, to your point before, Declan, firepower. They've still got good players. Um, I'm going to, to say that they might not be the team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals in the bubble. But they certainly aren't the team that was a disaster that, you know, because of COVID, blah, 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 fell apart last year. So I'm going to say Dallas Stars second. Okay. And then I will, as the last lock playoff team, the wild third. And I could, and you you might be right. But I think the Wild is the, and this is tough, but I think the Wild is at least the third best team. They might not be second best, and I don't think with the Abs there that they're the best. So I go Colorado, Dallas, the Wild lock into those top three playoff spots. Okay. My fourth place team is the Jets. Defense is improved. It's weird. What, like five years back, with Bufflin and that group, that yeah. that blue line was so damn good. Mm-hmm. And then Bufflin just sort of—I don't know—he just sort of yeah. quit. He's just gone now. Yeah. And they they were um, up against the Caps, so they traded guys. Yeah, and true, the but... defense last year was a disaster. Who who's the who's the slappy from the Wild that the Jets picked up oh. and he was playing last year? Was, was... Nice enough guy, <sighs> but I mean, <sighs> it, it was the equivalent of like Brad Hunt. Yeah, I forget. I, I... it wasn't Brad Hunt, but I it remember. was the equivalent of like. I was watching a game and I'm like, <laughs> is that that guy from the wild? And sure enough. So the blue line has been addressed. Goaltending. Good. Beato. Again,
2: Anthony Bieto. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Potato. I think it was. Potato, But anyway, yeah. um, they've, they have a good roster, which I think is far more solidified now. So I go Colorado, Dallas, wild, the jets, and then Chicago. I, I don't know here. I don't know. The Blackhawks are weird. Um, all the reasons that you gave why they'd be improved are accurate, but I just don't know. Yeah. Um, so, and, and like that. Seth Jones is a really good player. Mm-hmm. Does Taze just bounce back though and go back to being right. like the guy that he was pre-illness or does he, you know, come back and cause I think he's 32 now. So he's not a kid. I mean, Kane is still going to be Kane. Uh, I also have questions about at what point does the flower start to fall off? True. So it's a gamble. It's a gamble for sure. So I put Chicago fifth, Chicago. St. Louis sixth. I think St. Louis's run to the cup. Lightning in a bottle. Like, I'm not sure about that. I, I don't know about him either, man. Lightning in a bottle it. and Bennington also cool, cool. off his rocker. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Bennington got in a zone in that Stanley cup run. That was phenomenal. Flacco like. Yeah. Yeah. But keep in mind, he he was so disposable to the Blues, I believe the year before that, Dex, that they sent him down and lent him to the Bruins AHL team, I think. Mm-hmm. And you don't just like <laughs> turn into a Hall of Fame goaltender. There's a reason why. I agree. Uh, so I put the Blues, what would be sixth, Nashville Coyotes. And at that point, I don't care. But yeah, um, I think you called this to your credit to do a callback for you. I think you called this on Nashville falling off hard yeah. two years ago, two seasons right? ago. I was like, "If if they I'm like no, yeah. they're good. No, if you know, they weren't, you know, weren't going to do
2: it, it was not. yeah. They're 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 dwelling. They're they're treading water. Best case scenario, that's them.
1: And then the Coyotes are going to be terrible. I mm-hmm. think that that they're probably going to try and move Phil Kessel at some point soon. Yeah. No, thank you. Don't call Bill Guerin. He will not pick up. We don't want anything to do with Kessel, but uh, he probably gets moved and. They're awful, and they're eventually here, I think, being evicted from their building, and they just stink. Um, Stanley Cup matchup, Declan Goff, followed by your champion.
2: You know what? Uh, I, I'm just going to keep this a little simpler. I'm just going to say Bruins and Knights. I think Boston, Bruins, and the Vegas Golden Knights. I think the Knights oh, get back.
1: That's gutsy, man, because I think Boston might. You think Boston and implode? I think they, I, well, I don't know if they're going to completely implode, but I but I think there's some re- there's some big questions mm, there. Okay, but I mean, it's your it's your hey, pick. hey it's my prediction, my prediction, not yours. And you've been right before, and <laughs> I've been totally wrong. So uh, I'm going to go Bruins nights,
2: and He's I think fancy. I think I think Vegas gets it done. I think Vegas finally, and I say finally, as and they've been in the league for four years, and they've only gone to conference finals and a Stanley Cup in their first season. Um, but they they get it done this time. I know they lost Flower, but I I still believe. Uh, that Leonard is the answer in net, and that team is ready to rock. I know they're they're without Alex Tuck for a little bit. He'll still be injured for for about a month or so. Uh, but I, w- if Vegas isn't going to do it now, when? Again, like it, it's kind of it's kind of like, if not now, when? And and they they put a lot of resources into trades, and yep. and they paid a hefty fee to get this expansion roster. Seattle has taken a different route on how to construct their roster, but I yep. I think the Vegas Golden Knights get it done. They win the cup.
1: Interesting. That's where I'm at. They're, in, they're I love their talent they're a weird team now mm-hmm. they're a weird team mm-hmm. they're the playoffs like how do you lose to Montreal yeah set up I know. M- Montreal is probably not now a playoff team and oh that no. one shocked me yeah that one absolutely shocked me okay I am going to go out on a limb here I am going to give you a matchup well I'm actually going to go out on a limb in the western conference the eastern I'm not but I'm going to give you a matchup again of the team, of the team that ended the drive for five Islanders early eighties. Okay. Right. Your matchup is going to be Zach Parisi and the New York Islanders who I like a lot now. Yeah. Like I, I think I love and, my, and they're, they're my team too. new building. they yeah. set the pop. Okay. I think that they against, and this sounds crazy, but man, it'd be fun. Edmonton Oilers. There it is. You gave me so Ed- much crap last year for picking the, the Oilers Edmonton to Oilers make it this year. The Edmonton Oilers this year because they weren't. They hadn't come to fruition yet. They made more moves now. Okay. Now the goaltending. You got to go out. You might have to go trade for a goalie. But to your point about the Golden Knights, Declan, if the Oilers aren't going to pop, when are they? You've got you've got Dreisaitl. Like You've got McDavid. Nugent Hopkins. Yeah. Seriously, my man. Yeah. Like, when are you going to, Like, at some point in time, this talent, and, and yes, goaltending needs to be much improved and consistent, and the blue line does too. But with that core group, there's no excuse anymore. No, I know. So I am going to okay. go, so yes, after giving you crap last year, I'm going to come back and I'm going to go off the rails in the Western Conference, because I think the expectation is, the Oilers are the second best team in the Pacific to the Knights. Yeah. Not surprising, but I'm going to go with, they make a run to the Stanley cup finals. Might make it, that might was my, it involve a trade.
2: Th- th- those were what? my two
1: picks last year. Islanders oilers. Yeah.
2: That was my pick
1: pick. Yeah. I'm going with it this year. Okay. All right. I'm going with it this year. Okay. I'm not going to give you Colorado. Colorado's boring. I like Colorado. Yeah. And I do think Kemper, I do think Kemper is going to implode completely. Um, I'm going to go with those two teams. And the winner of the Stanley Cup will be the Oilers. Okay. That's right. Okay. That's right. Okay, the Oilers. I'm just, I'm bored. I'm bored with being, I'm bored with, I, I think the Oilers are at a point. I really believe that quietly, like their kids aren't getting younger. No. And the they one, I, I mean, what solidifies greatness, Declan? Championships. It does. Like McDavid is, the show. McDavid is, I think, unquestioned, the best player. And there's some good ones now. I mean, there's some great players. But I think without a question, like the best player in this league, Connor McDavid, right? At some point in time, it has to result in in uh, playoff success. It can't just be Hart Trophy, Art Ross Trophy. Forget all that. No. You um, know what Gretzky did? Gretzky won Gretzky Stanley won Cup.
2: Cups. Gretzky won Cups. Gretzky so, won
1: Cups in Edmonton. Yeah. So yes, I'm going with your pick from last year. I think it happens this
2: year. Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't blame you. I, I think McDavid and Drysaddle. If those dudes aren't going to do it now, when when the hell are you going to do it? Edmonton fan base is ready for that. So you may as well. I like it. I would and I would I would love that Stanley Cup. I think actually nationally ratings wise, they would be freaking out over Edmonton and Long Island. But um, but yes, that that would that'd be a fine Stanley Cup to me.
1: <laughs> You're probably right. McDavid helps though. But that's um, true. Two things off last night, quickly. First thing, and it showed up again. Can we please have Stanley Cup banners raised a couple nights before a team plays its first game? Yeah. Have the players show up in street clothes, let fans in, charge them five bucks, donate it to charity. Sure. When's the last time that that went well? And by the way, I don't care about their banner. And this happens so many times, right? A team is flat. Everyone has to wait too long. I want to see the best matchup possible last night between the best two teams, right? Yeah. The Tampa Bay Lightning, were, they were sleepwalking through two periods and not that great in the third. Can we please pivot to having a night where everyone's in street clothes to raise your banner and get the emotion done then? And opening night, can we face the puck off for the purposes of the 2021-22 campaign season? I'm just, I'm sick of trying to do this whole thing in one night you delay the game and then inevitably it seems like the team that is raising the banner is flat
2: yeah and also it'd be nice if the whole team was present like you the, the offseason players leave and free agency players get traded i would love that's all the you, you, you need I all you it. want all the team there you want the entire team. team there yeah. and then if you're it's that team you're right it, it, it that's that's another reason no i'm with you for this idea amen. make it
1: happen make it happen amen amen okay espn mm-hmm. back in the league, doing the league after 17 years, right? Yeah. I believe that they talked about that about 87 times during the course of the game. Okay. After 17 years, your thoughts on telecasts, n- numbers one and two. And by the way, uh, TNT will launch its regular season schedule with a doubleheader tonight. We're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. Yeah,
2: I, I love that NHL is back on ESPN. I tweeted this out last night, and by all means, I know I could be old tweet old takes or old tweets exposed, which you do every Thursday on Mackie and Judd, by the way. It just feels, with the NHL back on ESPN and there's bound to be hiccups, that hockey for the first time, Jed, and I don't know really when to quantify this, it feels like the sport is heading in the best direction possible to the common sports fan. And a lot of that has to do because you're on the mothership now. And this, look, it's ESPN. They ignored you for 17 years. Bettman's line was awesome, I believe, to Linda Cohen yesterday about this exact topic. For as much as they ignored us for 17 years, I'm paraphrasing here, I have no, I have no doubt if they're going to now lift us back up. Um, I, I think this is a, this is a perfect situation for the league. This is great. And the ESPN Plus, if you're a Disney subscriber, and, and uh, maybe I'm just the t- Target demo I'm that they've been looking my, for. My box. I don't, yeah, and I don't know why you're having my an issue with the box. That yet. that shouldn't be the I, issue. I got to get new cable box. But I'm not coming into your home to try to figure this out because no, you I'm won't let me happen. Um, no, I'm not. I'm but not gonna bite you. I, I think not this is time. the best thing for the league, and I love that it's love that it's back. I can pick holes on play-by-play stuff. I think yeah. Emily Kappa between the benches was amazing. Um, AJ is also great between the benches. Their analysts are good. Uh, but in general, just for eyeballs on the sport, we had this conversation when the pandemic hit, when the league shut down, one of the first things we talked about. Make the yep. move to ESPN. Have this conversation. Let's kick around this idea. NBC did a great job and they did a great job cultivating the cult sport that is hockey. But hockey will never get the respect and never get the attention it deserves unless it's on something
1: like ESPN. Because you need ancillary shows. It's the shows, right? Like now they've got the point. I oh, my it. God, hockey, right? I, yeah, like that's great. the key. All right, quickly, I've got notes. So what what okay. you said is perfect. So So I think we just took care of the overarching view of ESPN being back in the hockey game. Number one, score box, I need shots on goal, yep, I think'll there's no reason not to have it they, they, they'll, they'll have on that goal. on
2: there. I, I think they'll put that on there. I could go and without that night, That doesn't bug me to okay. but,
1: but I'm just saying it's a small mm-hmm. it's a thing mm-hmm. I got notes it, mm-hmm. It's a small thing. second thing, Emily Kaplan's a rising star, yeah, either She's give great. her a bigger role during the games where you where you throw it down to her more or or allow her to her to comment or put her on the set. I want more. I want more. She's really good. She's really good. She is a rising star. She's young. Uh, she's hip. She's cool. Like I, but, but I mean, I think it, it was very planned. So like, I don't think that she could just talk. So it's like, let's throw it down to her on between the benches. And then she'd give an update or, or a story. I want more. So find a role for her that makes her a star. Don't like be like, well, once in a while we'll go down to reporter person. Seriously. Okay, that's my second one. Ray Ferraro, analyst Uh who is who who has worked with a guy for a long time. I believe it's Gord Miller in Canada on T S N. Ray Ferraro is outstanding. I love him. Sean McDonough, though, I think it's very clear, hadn't done hockey for a very long time. He used to do the Bruins on Nesson, like way back when. Um, If he's your top guy, you need more of a hockey top guy. And part of what bugged me last night was that's a game where you were like, like Ray Ferraro has to get the questions, right? Like I want more Ray and McDonough was doing traditional play by play a lot. And, and it felt like Ray was trying to find his place. Like Ray should be the featured player and McDonough or the play by play person should be, you know, setting him up, teeing him, him up. So, and I don't know flat out that McDonough is the best choice. I know that he's employed by the network. So, I think what you need there is is you probably need to eventually examine your top choice there. Um, let's see. Let's see what else I got here. Oh. Okay. Off the Manning football thing cuz we've seen it, right? Yeah. Like the Manning football thing is great. Here's what I want. Pull the same exact stunt on a couch watching a game that they're showing us. Messier, Chelios, Weeks, Ferraro, no play-by-play. Okay. Talk about the game. I like that. Talk about the game. And we don't need to see them constantly. Like, we can see the game full screen. Because if, if you shrink hockey up, it's it's more difficult. But give us a full screen. But allow those guys to dissect the game. During the game, Dex. During the game. Um, And then the last thing, Butchergrass, better than I expected.
2: He was on his A game yesterday, but I...
1: I always thought his college play-by-play was, or his, yeah. his w- was weak. I thought he was good.
2: He's he's a good ambassador for hockey, and he's a good ambassador for that network. His play-by-play, and I'm, I'm with you, has usually been iffy. Yesterday, he did a damn good job. He I deserves good. praise. Yeah, he deserves praise.
1: Yep. Love the music. Dude. Look at that. Oh, and one last thing. Information person, you need a Dragger, a Friedman, a Schefter. Yeah. Give me an inf- Give me a reckless speculation person, because you don't have, have that now. Give me a a reporter who mines stuff and gives me reckless speculation because everybody in the Mackey and Judd and Judd's Hockey Show family needs reckless speculation. I like it. That's all I got.
2: I like it. Well, that was was a meaty episode here. We're back. That's a big episode. We are back. Season
1: preview, Declan. Declan,
0: go ahead. Pass, shoot, score.